and let's leave out the everything is kind of messy like um yeah but let's stay with the messiness of the psychedelic like the third wave you know that that we're in the middle of and so so people pop pills they they have all sorts of experiences even those that seemingly you know with the best of their possibilities and to their knowledge and uh, you know drop into ceremonial contacts it's just that i'm seeing it i mean mainly in berlin so i might be biased but i reckon it's pretty much the same in in the in the in the united states is um i see too little frame i've not thought so much about the preparation but definitely about the integration. So I wonder if it makes sense to dive into different ceremonial contexts or also um, cultures that you have been immersed in to then try and sketch what is, a, what is a good preparation, what does a good integration look like and what ultimately yeah, people need so that these um, yeah, holy sacraments can really be the transformational catalyst that so many wish. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it makes sense to get into other traditions because that, that doesn't necessarily meet listeners in context. I mean, I could brushstroke a few, like there's a wonderful tradition where you do a spirit arrow and you really consider what you're, what you're contributing with like in all the feathers that you put on that arrow are contributing to the energies and then you make the arrow and you're shooting an arrow of intent um there's traditions where the tradition that the church that i come from you have to come to at least one pipe ceremony before you come to a san pedro medicine ceremony and in that pipe ceremony you are going to learn and then do the prayer format that you bring into ceremony um, and it's a very simple way of praying. It's basically like, this is what I'm grateful for. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need help with. And um, so it's a practice of voicing, you know, your prayer and that you get used to and you kind of like drop into, oh, this is what's actually going on for me. I think um, to, to give broad brushstrokes, I also just want to shout out prior to even continuing this very critical conversation. I want to shout out all the people who are doing incredible work to create safe and coherent contexts, both in the underground and in the psychotherapeutic space. Like there are tens and tens and tens of thousands of people who are working so hard to create safe and sane and sometimes sacred spaces to do the work, to support people. And, and additionally, I would say that part of the chaos that's coming up is people really are in crisis. And so it's important to acknowledge that because when you're really in crisis, it's a very hard time to pause and say, oh, I gotta get prepared. You know, like there is a genuine impulse of like, I am so messed up and confused and scared or just can't even sit in my body that I need to do something. And that is a real experience for millions and millions of people. So it's really important to acknowledge that and, and not make people wrong for wanting help, right? Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the opposite of what I wanted to do. I wanna bring more the, 
Oh, I wasn't saying that was what you yeah. were trying to do. I just wanted to like frame that as the bigger frame. And, and then more, say- like, Discernment into such a yes. complex, messy field, you know? Yes. So let's circle around discernment. Well, and I think, I think if we just pause again on preparation and like really simple journal questions, like, okay, so you're thinking about doing this. What are you grateful for? What are you struggling with? What kind of help are you looking for? And I, I really wanna pause on the help. Like in a lot of indigenous traditional contexts for working with psychedelics, we talk about the help. You're coming for the help. What is helping you? You are helping you. The psychedelic is helping you. All of your ancestors, guides, guardians are helping you. If you're open to a concept of universe, source, higher love, that which harmonizes, that is helping you. And additionally, like whoever is supporting you, and that's a very important thing is the aspect of other humans and training with you and attuning with you and, and supporting you. Who is helping you? What's the help? And then if there's something you want, you know, do you, do you want to get clarity in your work? You know, people come a lot and they'll just say, I want whatever the medicine is offering me or I want guidance or, um, but it's like, no, 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 get details. Like, I want to know, I want, I want to get clear with what choice to make about the, my career. I want to, I want to be able to feel my center in regards to this relationship and choose whether or not to be in it or not. You know, I think, I think one of the pe ways people fail to prepare and then drastically sabotage themselves is by being very general and very sloppy in intentions. So um, sharpening, sharpening the, the intention. And being vulnerable about it, right? Like, like just saying, I want guidance is, is also an excuse for not being, it's a really easy way to not be vulnerable. And then you kind of are, are zooming through a zone in consciousness that's like very vanilla. It's very like, yes, maybe I'll get light and flowers. Maybe I'll go into a dark hole. Maybe it'll be interesting, but it's not like I wanna move forward in my life. Like one of the characteristics, this is another helpful piece, is a significant distinction between a lot of psychotherapeutic models and shamanic models is psychotherapeutic models tend to be about process and Shamanic models and coaching models, interestingly, tend to be about moving forward. And that's extremely characteristic in medicine work and ceremonies generally in indigenous healing traditions. Ceremonies might not be, might be about tending a moment. They might be about tending a death or attending to an opening astrologically that has great importance or attending to, but healing processes are always about the point is to move forward effectively, not dissociatively, like now everything's light and flowers, but effectively, like I can do my relationships, I can do, I can sleep, I can uh, manage my eating habits, I can make better choices in whatever domain I'm in, I can trust my choices in whatever domain I'm in, I can move from great self-doubt to self-trust, that's forward. And 
it is characteristic of all indigenous traditions that unless you have a clear intention to move forward, you are not honoring the medicine. So that would be like one of the pillars of, of reverence or one of the pillars of, of true re respect or reciprocity for the gift that you're receiving in, in the medicine itself. And I think there's a lot of things at that gate, like we take, again, privilege plays out in how we receive medicine. Like, oh, I just got this pill or my friend just gave it to me or someone said I should do this as opposed to, I asked, I asked for this. I'm going to receive it with gratitude. I'm going to thank the universe, my friend, this teacher, the plant, the earth for offering this to me. I'm going to dignify this sacrament by making a clear prayer for my life, you know, by, by being clear about my intention and being committed to moving forward. That's how you keep the practice grounded. You know, there's, there's, it's interesting because if I keep making this gesture of forward, you know, and the, the contrast would be oh, like, I just want, I just want something, you know, it's kind of like this open-ended, non-directional, I'm just gonna get more experiences kind of energy. And, and that, that is an, it, it's not a devotional energy. It's not an energy that honors the gift and carries the gift forward. There's, I mean, and in this sense, there's some very simple kind of simple frames that are cultural frames on right use that do require preparation. Your preparation is about clear intent. It's about um, another aspect of preparation is knowing where whatever you're taking comes from, even if it's synthetic, like knowing, knowing the chain of who made it and was it made with good energy and good intent. And if you don't know that, that, that being willing to say no to it, you know, if you're working with plants, knowing where they came from, who grew them, who prepared them, where they paid for with real reciprocity. Um, that's, a, that's critical. That's a, that's a good segue to a question that to be very honest, even me in the context of making my experiences because I, I never changed my shaman. She's a woman living in Berlin and she's preparing uh, ayahuasca herself, uh, but with the mimosa uh, plant, so not with the vine. Um, mm -hmm. And only, I think, maybe five years ago, I became aware that uh, really some of these yeah, sacred plants, especially, you know, around ayahuasca, but also around peyote are really in danger of extinction. So I wonder, I mean, you already, you know, explained a little bit, you know, how are you dealing with that? And how do you see the context in that evolving? Because much like you also mentioned a couple of times, there are really simply market mechanisms, you know, at play. So the likelihood yeah, yeah. that in the next years, the numbers of people sitting in ceremony will quadruple or 10x, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just very likely. So, so how do we deal with that? Yeah, I mean, this is all in the category of preparation, which is, which is interesting, right? Like preparing for psychedelic use or ceremony in, in what in, uh, in common North American language would be in a good way, we say in a good way, 
but in a in an, another way to say that would be preparing in a way that is good for you and good for the world or preparing in a way that is reverent and ethical to actually ground in reverence and ethical use is a form of preparation it might require some research that has nothing to do with your own need to go to ceremony can i trust this person who's facilitating and or who's giving me or selling me the medicine do they know where it came from did you know going back through the chain of supply in a way that is that that guarantees that whatever you are receiving has come to you in a way that is rest reciprocal with the earth with indigenous people and with the plants energetically ecologically and financially um, that is a form of preparation to say no to a ceremony because you actually don't know that things are trustworthy is a profound ceremony and it, that's a gate of initiation. So I think like one of the pieces of education, so as a facilitator, I always know where things come from. I let people know, I model that. And then I say, this is, this is what I would like for you to always require of your shaman, of your facilitator and of the medicine that comes into your space. Like always ask where it came from, always be clear with that. Be willing to pay for it if it costs more money. Um, be willing to support initiatives. There's a um, wonderful initiative that a friend of mine, Laura Don, just created, helped to create with many stakeholders called Grow Medicine that allows for reciprocity going back to indigenous stewards for the medicine. Um, that to me is an aspect of preparation. Again, where we're going into to give the definition of ceremony again, ceremony isn't a ceremony unless it's good for the people in it and the world it is nested inside of. That starts with how you source medicine and how you source context because we're sourcing, often sourcing context from indigenous teachers, indigenous traditions. Are we doing that with naming? Are we naming our teachers or are we in appropriation? Are we also working to source from our own indigenous lineages? which if you're in a white body are often nearly, nearly dead lineages, but are also, that's also a real humming thread that you can tap into as you continue the path. We all come from indigenous ancestors, but to do that with deep respect for the context that is largely being set by people of color, indigenous people of color who are recent uh, recipients of genocide and great cultural appropriation. So how do you hold that? Um, how do you also be in a place that is emergent and creative simultaneously? But th that, that begins with the contemplation on the chain of connections. That is a creative act in terms of generating actual reverence that is evolutionary, that is present tense in the ecosystem, in a planetary ecosystem that's evolving really rapidly. But I, I think a form, an aspect, it's interesting, I'm kind of obsessing about this right now because I'm, I'm having it as an idea that an aspect of preparation at scale is educating people about knowing where their sources of medicine are and approaching that with, with reverence. Like that, if that came out as a commitment within the marketplace, in the marketplace of consumers, that becomes a force for a, a, a cleaner reciprocal loop 
And I believe this, this isn't something that's documented, but I very much believe that the quality of journey you have is also energetically informed by the, the, the sourcing of the medicine in a significant way. But being conscious of that is a practice of reverence, a practice of reciprocity. Um, then again, like answering your really clear questions for yourself. What am I grateful for? What am I struggling with? What do I actually need help with? And what do I hope to you know, move forward in my life? That, that's really clean preparation. And that's what I do in, in preparation work with people. And it can take a while to figure that out. But having figured that out, what I've seen with incredible consistency is even if the journey doesn't do in any way directly reflect on what the preparation was, the integration always does. With incredible consistency. Um, you know, I think I think there's there's ways we could deal with the kind of chaos that we're in that would be problematic. Like I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm a I'm a advocate for very very slow legalization. I think I think decriminalization is is actually the most interesting horizon to me because I. I, I feel strongly that even though we're in a chaotic situation, solutions need to come from communities, that we're not in a place where the people who would be legislating, who would be regulating, have sufficient intelligence about the nature of this um, emergence and the nature of um, the nature of the medicines or the nature of this, the sacred that we are navigating to regulate it. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for community-based solutions. I'm a huge advocate for decriminalization, including the, the chaos that it can instigate. But decriminalization can create context to create um, care that is supported. I mean, Portugal is a great example. There's more examples of that in Europe than there are in the United States, but there's, there's a strong movement around it in the United States as well. Um, I also am a really big advocate for open doors between people doing the work in psychotherapeutic contexts and people doing the work in the underground. And there's, there's actually a pretty big wall between those two worlds at this point. And I think that requires relationship building. Like I think anyone who does the work should be reaching out to others, should be building bridges. Um, open door bridges where we're learning together. Uh, that's a hard sell in a lot of ways, um, but I think it's a very important part of the process. Um, additionally, I would say, yeah, if you're not working to become a better human, you're doing the wrong, you're, you're doing the work wrong. Like, if you're trying to become God or dissolve into uh, the singularity or like hang out in a place where you're quite sure that it's all a simulation and none of it matters, like you're doing the work wrong. And, and, and that's a very blunt statement. <laughs> like you're not working to be a better human with other humans in the communities that you actually occupy, in the places that you actually live, in the businesses you actually interact with, 
in the political environments you are actually a part of, you are doing it wrong.